Welcome to Counterbalance Conversations, the program that enables and encourages you to make the changes you need to make a true difference in our world. Your host is Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Our hope is that by hearing from people who have stood out and made a positive change in their community, their lives, and their world, you'll feel the need to do the same. Now, here is Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Counterbalance Conversations. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Why counterbalance? What is a counterbalance? Counterbalance is generally a weight that balances another weight. It's an equalizer. It is something that offsets or counteracts the things around them. So I'm hoping and it is my goal to bring you interesting topics, guests, and ideas that will spark some kind of change, inspiration, um, and help you with your communities, be, help your communities be much more resilient. And I want to help you be the counterbalance for your life and your community. So a little bit about me, since this is our first time together, approximately Two months ago, I made the decision to change my life completely. I left my corporate uh, job and decided to double down on myself and to focus on my own healing journey and to focus on my business, Counterbalance Visionaries. Over the last eight years, I've had numerous experiences that forced me to look at my life a little bit differently, passing of a parent the ending of a long-term relationship, Cat 5 hurricane, and then obviously, like the collective of everyone, I've had the global pandemic. So how could I turn all of this seemingly tragic um, experiences into some positives? Also during this time, I was able to complete my doctorate degree and foster a holistic business that include life coaching and training and various holistic healing modalities, which I will bring some of that to you in the form of talking about shadow work and talking about how to change your limiting beliefs and how to move yourself to that next level. So how did I get here? How did I decide this was the role that I wanted to play in our lives as in our collective lives. When I was 14, so with my mom, she was um, a fan of uh, romance novels and liked to go to the used bookstore. And I found my first set of Tony Robbins tapes. And that set me on a journey that at that time I did not know would be such a um, impactful moment in my life. From that point on, I was hooked. I was hooked on how can, how do people do different things? Why are they doing different things in different ways? I was hacking my life before it was really cool. I also figured out when I was about 15, I didn't like to work for other people. I like to be the entrepreneur. I already had several small businesses that I had going on the side. I was doing, doing work for different people uh, that we knew. And so I fostered that entrepreneurial spirit. But as I got older, I decided to follow the path that most of us did. I did uh, college. I went straight to college from high school. I got married. I had you know, a whole life and a whole structure. I went from job to job, which has provided me with an extraordinary amount of experience. And I'm super grateful for all of that. But as I was coming up on uh, the birthday this year, I said, you know, I really don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be fully committed to a corporate environment in the way that it is now. And as many of you did during this pandemic and during 2020, which was such a gift for me, I don't know about for you. I know for a lot of you, it was really challenging, but it was a gift for me. I was able to think about what I wanted to do with my life. I got to think about how I wanted to structure my new life post-pandemic 
And I just started, I decided that I wanted to start that now. I didn't want to wait until the pandemic was over. And I, formally, I want to thank all of my friends who listened to me as I went through all of the processing that I normally would go through with my clients. And um, so I had a whole cadre of individuals on my side helping me work through and walk through it. So that's what I want to help you through with counterbalance conversations, or if you decide that you would love to work with me as a coach, that is what I would help you do. I would help you walk through those different processes and think about what you wanted to wanted to do. The first thing I want to tell you about is how I, what happened with the pandemic? How did I start going through those different um, thought processes? Well, I came back in March, 2020 from Sedona, Arizona, which was an extraordinary trip and an extraordinary um, experience to the pandemic and everything was closed. My, uh, I got a call from my boss that said, Hey, just go get your laptop. When you get back, we're now working from home. And I thought, wow, this is going to be an extraordinary experience. And for the first few months, it was great. And then we started working a lot and the lines between home and work got blurred. And even with the added benefit of staying home with my 16-year-old dog who was in poor health and seeing her improvement just by me being home, I started thinking there has to be a better way. There has to be more. And, you know, like most businesses, nobody really knew how to run remote teams. It was very challenging and we did a great job and we had a lot of uh, great advancements that came out of the, an innovation that came out of the working from home uh, experience, I will call it instead of the experiment. Um, But as I started reflecting on the experiences that I'd had from the hurricane, the experiences that I had had from having COVID in November of last year, I said, you know, I want my life to be different. And what does that look like? And I settled back into that 14 year old girl that was so bright eyed when she listened to those first tapes, when she revisited So I pulled out a lot of the things that I had done over the years, and some of it was in electronic copy, some was in written copy. And I said, okay, what are the things that I need to do to make my life better, to change my life? And in upcoming episodes, we will talk about the thought process that I went through, how I was able to help myself get over that hump. And how did I reclaim my power? Well, one of the ways that I did reclaim my power was I started a group called the Spark Curiosity Group. And I, there was a group of ladies who I think are all listening tonight because when I took the step out with Voice America and got the call saying, hey, would you like to have your own radio show? They were one of the first people that I told because it was Uh, two days after and the day that I signed the contract that I told them. And these ladies, we we were very curious. We studied everything from um, metaphysical studies to life coaching to um, shadow work. And we walked through these different opportunities together. And we have about, there's about five of the people in the group. And this was the best group of ladies outside of my inner circle that I have been associated with. And as they supported me, I was feeling that I needed to make this change sooner than the end of the year. So I made the decision to leave my corporate job and step out on my own. And when 
I talked to people, they said, you won't do it because it was so far out of the norm for me or why are you doing this? Is everything okay? I just realized I needed to come back to home, home base. And I said, I'm going to take the summer off, which obviously I have not taken the summer off because right after that is when I received the call from Voice America Radio. So the positives of the pandemic for me is I had the opportunity to think about my life, change my life, and do it in a systematic way. And this is one of the things that my mentors always taught me. And I've been very fortunate. I've had, even though I've had a long line of corporate career opportunities, I've had mentors that were professional speakers. I had one that was a professional coach, a life coach who ended up being my life coach for the next 20 years. And she's helped me through critical times in my life. Call center vice president who gave me my first seat at an executive level table in my 20s. And an aerospace engineer that made me laugh while he helped me through my master's degree and gave me advice um, about life. Um, A director of training, HR professional, all of these individuals brought something to the table for me. They all supported me gave me a kick in the pants when I needed it and gave me the opportunity to stumble and find my way while still having a safety net to fall into. Now I'm on my own and I had the opportunity to consider the things that each one of those coaches and mentors brought to me. And that is what I bring to the table for all of my clients, consulting clients, and individuals. So over the next 13 weeks, some of those people you will get to meet. And I'm hoping that you will be as engaged with them as I am. And you will also have an opportunity to peek behind the curtain of my coaching methodology, the new courses that I'm developing, the creativity that we have um, in our, uh, that we're not using. You will have the opportunity to send me in questions during uh, or between episodes that I'll be happy to answer or connect with you one-on-one. But what I wanted to talk to you about today is I want to start talking about some of the things that are happening in our workforce right now that I'm sure a lot of you are seeing. And it's all the talk of the individuals that I have in my circle that are still working uh, in corporate America, that are still handling the pandemic and the return to work and do we return to work. So I don't want this to be a political conversation. What I do want to talk to you about is how can you help your employees? How can you pivot as an employee And how can you pivot as a a business to help your employees feel more comfortable coming back to the office? And as an employee, how can you decide whether this is the right time and the right place for you to be right now? And one of the things that we will talk about next week is uh, trauma intelligence with Blythe Landry, and Blythe will go into depth about this, 
but we have addressed or not addressed, but we have experienced a collective trauma in our society and uh, people are handing it, handling it differently. And so as managers and as employees, you will need to have a little bit of trauma intelligence as you're going back into the workplace. I took training with Blythe um, in November, and it was very helpful in handling situations that came up in work, as well as situations that were happening to me and within me and within the community and within my circle. So it will be well worth the listen next week. But as we're talking about retention of employees is a hot topic right now, as well as recruiting employees. One of the things that you need to know from the research, I've done some research on this topic with generational differences, as well as what is happening in our society, what's happening in the workforce. Well, the employee wellness concept is huge for your employees coming back. Obviously, they want to make sure that they are coming back to a place that is safe. That is not just a safe from COVID environment. It is a safe space for them to come back to. This means they are including in employee wellness, mental health awareness, diversity and include diversity, equity, and inclusion, wellness in um, a human uh, health, safety, and environmental aspect, as well as how did you handle the pandemic? Is it mentally a safe place? How are you handling the return to work? What's in it for them? And so this now is not, so employee wellness and employee retention is no longer about just what benefits can you offer them. It is not just about the EAPs, the gym memberships, and the healthcare. It is now about the culture. We currently have five different generations in the workforce with the largest number being generation or the millennials that are in the workforce. And that's about a third of our workforce. The next down is obviously going to be your Gen Xers, baby boomers, and then we do have some Gen Z and some traditionalists, which are uh, older generation. They're still uh, in the workforce, still contributing. So with it being millennials, what are they looking for? I know that some of you are not fans of millennials. I think they are amazing. They have a lot of innovation. I've been a fan of them from the beginning of their um, entry into the workforce. Some common uh, things that you're seeing in the media right, right now is about the greatest, the great resignation. And millennials are not wanting to go back to work. It's not that they're not wanting to go back to work. It's that they want to make sure that the workplace they're going back to is going to be safe. They will. They have frequently pushed back on why did we need to have um, brick and mortar spaces? Why can't they work from anywhere on their own time? So millennials right now are really driving why do we need to go back? And there is a lot of the Generation X as well that are standing beside them and saying, yes, we've, we don't understand. We don't want to go back to the workplace um, because we've been actually more productive and we have work-life integration now. What, that, what is happening is we're trending 
And they're saying, we'll leave. There's a trend around, we'll just resign. There's also human rights factors that are coming up. There is the um, the talk of the great strike on October 15th. A lot of our workers are very unhappy and or many organizations are not responding to what their employees are wanting and they're losing their employees. Employees are resigning. They're walking away from mental health issues. They're being pushed to their breaking point because they're trying to balance now work with the uh, individuals being home, whether it be their parents or their parents and their children at home with them. They're having a shortage of elder care facilities and at-home caregivers. They are having a shortage of child care. They're pushing for a lot of the, the human rights factors such as maternal uh, leave, maternal and paternal leave. And the reason they're doing this is they are holding all of the cards right now because it is so difficult for us to, us as employers to hire individuals and find qualified individuals to bring into our work, our workplace. Did you know that it costs approximately $4,100 and 42 days to just attract, hire, and train new staff members? That's not including any specialized training that you need to give them for your workplace. That is just onboarding. So what experience are you giving your uh, employees when they're onboarding? Millennials are looking at that. Workers are looking at that right now. They're also looking for healthcare to be more holistic. Health, mental health, family, healthcare, substance abuse, substance abuse, and even financial um, stress or financial counseling. And only 23% that were surveyed in a monster future of work survey, only 23% said that they were likely to leave because of the pay. If you were only playing, paying minimum wage, it is likely that's a factor, but it's not always the factor. But 28% of full-time employees are currently saying they are looking for new jobs post-pandemic. Some of them are even looking for remote work opportunities because uh, Indeed put out a survey or put out data that said that now remote is their highest searched location for jobs. So those are some of the trends that we are seeing in, uh, in data that is starting to come out. One surprising piece of data is that um, HR is now becoming much more visible in the boardroom, where before it was a support function, it was kind of the voice behind some of the decisions they were considered part of it, uh, part of the decision, but it was not such a large voice in the boardroom. There's a lot of our HR functions and HR individuals that are saying, we need a seat at the table. So if HR is not at the seat of your executive table, now would be a really good time to start integrating them if you are a business. They're going to be able to help you navigate some of these waters that you're having are some of these challenges that you're having with employees, they are going to be your partner. 
And I know that some of the HR people that I have in my circle are really struggling right now. So when we come back from our break, employee wellness, we're going to talk a little bit about what that means and how Generation Z is factoring in. And let's talk a little bit about what employees are expecting from organizations and give you some additional data around, you know, what employees are saying and how we can pivot as employers and employees. We'll come back to the, when we come back from the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Counterbalance Conversations with Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Find out more about Dr. Melissa by visiting DrMelissaLStrasser.com. Now back to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for staying with me. And so as I mentioned pre-break, I wanted to talk a little bit about what can you do or what are your employees expecting from organizations as we come back post-pandemic? Um, there are several things. There's five things that they are looking for that I think are going to be challenging for some of the organizations that are a little less mature. But if you've been in business for a while, these are going to be things that you can retool, you can uh, recommunicate, you can change your communication. But what you need to remember is no matter what you say to your employees about coming back to the office, give them a reason to make it about them, not about what you need as a company. So the first thing that they're going to be looking for is clear mission and values. And this will be employees that are coming back. This will be employees that are starting um, to look at you as a, a company, they will want to know what is your mission? How are you contributing to the world? Because remember, millennials are very volunteer oriented. They're very socially aware as well as Gen Z. They are expecting that your values as an organization will match similarly to theirs. Obviously, they will be sometimes more committed or be able to provide more commitment to a cause than maybe an organization would, but that you're trying to make the world a better place, that your mission 
contributes to the world is what they're looking for, as well as your values. Right now, diversity, equity, and inclusion, they're looking at what are your um, what are your policies? Do you have a policy? What are the things that you are doing to make sure that you're hiring and providing opportunities um, and are providing in, an inclusive workplace? And this is not just around race. It's not just around gender. It's around disability. It's around sexual orientation. It is the entire um, DEI part of your organization and your entire, and it's critical for them. And as you can imagine, that is something that they will ask you about when they come in for the interview. Second is going to be collaboration and innovation. If you remember, millennials were raised in a more teamwork environment. They collaborate really well as well as Generation Z, they also are looking for innovation within the organizations. If you are making those strides forward, if you are looking for new ideas, if you're open to doing things in a little bit of different way and you give them the opportunity to contribute to the organization, you can innovate from a technology standpoint you know, how are you managing from things as simple as how is your managing your file system all the way up to how are you building or manufacturing if that is your business? How are you communicating? What kind of innovation are you doing within your organization? And are you open to new ideas? Management and team, uh, management team is committed to uh, employees and to the employee's success. So are, is your management team high functioning? Does your management team look for ways to develop the employees? Do they have a great bench strength? And I'm not just saying they're high performers. Are they developing people within their organization to move to the next level? Is there a mentoring program? Is there a reverse mentoring program? Think about if you have people that are baby boomers, people that are Generation X, we are not as savvy in some of the technology areas and innovative ways. Well, some of us, I shouldn't say all of us, but some of us aren't. But they have amazing talents in areas of graphic design. They have a different thinking around us. They use technology much more efficiently than some of us do. And they hate email. I was reading some articles uh, as I was doing this research and they, they may be the one that breaks us free from this email jail that all of us are in a lot of times. But what is the more efficient way? Um, they've grown up having technology. They've had it in their hands since they were children. So is the management team committed to their success? They're looking for ways that the employee, the employer is going to develop them. It does not have to be a course, but they have to be able to get something out of working for you other than a paycheck. And then healthy, healthy is the key word here, work-life integration. So your work-life integration, you know, we've all heard work-life balance for a really long time. That is not what they're looking for. They're looking for integration of their work and their personal life. If they need to go to their kids' doctor's appointment or they need to go with uh, their parents to do something, or they want to take some lost time early in the week to for mental health days. They can do that and then make up some hours on Saturday or in the evening. Can they take the morning off and then work through the evening? 
are there flexible opportunities for them? And is the employer going to understand that they are integrated or that they are doing all of these things, especially the women in the workforce? With the pandemic, women have now slid back and are now, there's 40% of women that are no longer in the workforce due to childcare issues with the pandemic or parental care issues. There were some, there were challenges. So they've either lost their job or had to leave their jobs. So there's a 40% disparaging, something disparaging there. So what are the employers going to do about that? How are they going to help to navigate these challenges and these personal challenges? Will they allow them to integrate into the environment, into their life? So their work and their life versus work-life balance. So what are some of these employees currently saying about going back to work post-pandemic? So now we know what they're expecting from the organization. What are they currently saying? Uh, From the research that I did, a fidelity survey from 2021, millennials have said they would take a $7,600 pay cut to go to a company with a better culture. $7,600 to go to a company with a better culture. And that's in another poll, the Generation Z, this was a poll by Generation Lab who keeps track of generational differences. 39% want a hybrid workplace. 19% want remote workplaces and 3% have no preference. This is of Gen Z. Only 12% of the office worker workforce wants to go back to the office full-time across the board, but 39% of Gen Zs want a hybrid workforce. And the reason why is Gen Z is going saying that they're going to miss, 74% say they're going to miss the office community. 41% It's going to miss the mentoring. They are worried that they are going to miss out on those relationship buildings and contacts that Gen Z's, I mean, Gen Xers and millennials already have. They are not going to be able to communicate. They are not going to be able to build those relationships because they won't have access to that face-to-face conversation. We're seeing that in our children. I'm hearing it from the parents saying they're not doing as well in school because they don't have the face-to-face interaction. So with all of the technology, there's still going to be a gap. So we need to, as managers and employers and coaches, we need to help them make those connections. 66% of Gen Zs want in-person feedback from their managers versus written or by Zoom. Even though it's face-to-face, even though they can still see all the cues and face-to-face information you would see in person, Gen Z want to be able to see their employers and their managers in a face-to-face environment. 33% also don't want to miss out on some of those office amenities, you know, like gyms and uh, snack room, the free snack, snack foods, which I thought that was kind of funny. And 44, 45% worry that they're not going to have access to any of the distraction-free workplaces if they're living at home. And the reason why is they now, because of the income levels and the inflation, they have roommates. So they are finding it very challenging to work in a remote 
workplace. Number one, some of them have moved back home with their parents and they don't have a quiet distraction-free place for them to actually work. And they feel that is going to be challenging for their performance. So as we are pivoting from the post-pandemic, managers um, from the same future of work, monster.com global outlook, 42% of employers, this is globally, it's a global um, monster.com survey, 42% of employers began offering flexible workplace schedules. So employers are hearing that there needs to be a balance. Um, 41% are uh, doing remote flexibility. 40% have made some changes to health policies and protocols, which is good because that's lining up with some of the things that they are asking for. Uh, They're increasing training. 31% say they're increasing training and staff skills. That's not only because that's what the employees want, they're finding that there is a significant skills gap in the individuals that are, uh, are being hired that they can hire. So they're having to invest more in training and stat, training staff and giving them the skills that they need, which we, we saw some of that pre-pandemic. We saw that there was some skills gaps that were going to need to be filled, especially from office workers. Also increased security uh, because of uh, pandemic. So increased security, 29%. Team collaboration is the other thing that has increased. Um, 20, uh, 27% of employers have invested in team collaboration tools and opportunities for their employees. And 22%, not surprisingly, is re- reducing the workplace footprint. So not as many, um, not as many buildings are needed because they're saying, oh, we can get Uh, We can allow people to work from home. We can rotate individuals in on different days. They can share office spaces, desks, which seem like um, that open office environment uh, seems to be trending right now. Uh, I even know that here in town, we have had um, an open office, uh, a remote workspace that has opened where individuals can go and work if they are not wanting to work at a Starbucks or somewhere, uh, a library or from their home. So other ways that some of the employers have started um, it through my research, I found that employers are pivoting post pandemic by doing, having increased mental health support. They're actually purchasing licensing for mental health apps, which some of the EAPs and some of the Uh, psychologists and counselors are a little disturbed by this particular um, intervention, but it is, uh, seems to be working really well for some of the millennials and the Gen Zs who really don't prefer to go and sit in, in a psychologist's office. They, so employers are actually purchasing enterprise licenses for Mental health apps like Calm, Headspace, Fitbit, where people can monitor their, uh, they can take uh, meditation breaks, they can monitor their mental health. There was a whole list of the different applications, but those were the most, um, the ones that were most familiar. Large skill skill gaps, uh, they're being retrained versus replaced. So they're finding that as um, AI comes on board, that a lot of their employees just need some training in that. So companies like Verizon retrained 20,000 employees for new careers prior to laying them off. And a company named Royal Dutch actually retrained workers in AI 
through a partnership with another company. Instead of laying them off, they just retrained them to do something different. So they retain their employees. Hybrid workplace or work from home, I already mentioned that um, hybrid versus work from home is becoming the challenge with a lot of employers, especially in the United States. They are also providing virtual and in-person learning opportunities. So I'm thinking uh, several years ago, there was a downturn in having any in-person virtual classroom training uh, from my experience working in the training uh, industry. There was a downturn in actually investing in outside resources and opportunities for professional development. Well, employee, employers are now saying that um, they will invest because it will help them retain these millennials, Gen Z employees, because this is what they're asking for. And they have, they're seeing these significant skill gaps as innovation uh, is happening within the work environment. Obviously with pandemic, uh, post-pandemic, a lot of companies are investing in HSE or health safety and environmental and security measures in their organizations and in their facilities. And then they, the other thing that was highly visible in all of the studies that I uh, read was structured and visible support for women. We talked earlier about 40% of the women are leaving the workforce and um, are out of work just because of the childcare, parental care issues. Daycare, a lot of companies are doing daycare on site, which is something that uh, women have been asking for for quite a long time. And caregiving support for parents, there's a stipend. Some companies are given stipends for caregiving support for parents. And then also stipends for childcare if there's not childcare on site. They are also um, looking at from a DEI or diversity, equity, inclusion standpoint, you know, how are women being promoted? How are they being supported in the workforce as a, um, a new what new things can they do to support women? One of the, the biggest opportunities that I'm seeing and that I've been very fortunate to be able to take, um, to have in my uh, quiver, so to speak, was I had a lot of men that were willing to mentor me within the workforce. This is one of the things that I've um, started researching as of recently. I did not realize that this was not a common occurrence. As we go back to the workforce, I encourage the men within the organization and the organizations to start looking at how can you pair some of your um, high potentials or even women they're wanting to move up the ladder need that additional, uh, those additional opportunities and pair them up. Are there men who are willing to mentor women within the workforce to help them navigate some of the, you know, less, um, the, the more challenging aspects of being in a corporate environment? If that's not happening in your organization already, you may also want to look at having millennials work with some of your maybe baby boomers, bring them up to speed. So mentoring is going to be a huge opportunity for your organizations post-pandemic. I'm curious, I'll be curious oh, to check my email and find out what some of your ideas are. What are the things that you're seeing within your organization that, is, that are challenging 
your employees? What are the things that you need as an employee that I can research, talk about during this show? I want this to be a platform for the organization, for the employees. I hope as we go through the next several weeks together that you are you take away some things that you can take back to your community, that you can take back to your organization, and that you can pivot within your within your communities. If that's not something you want to do, if your cup is not full, I hope that some of the topics that we have over the next few weeks, over the next 13 weeks during counterbalance conversations will help you fill your cup, take a moment to breathe and allow you one hour a week for yourself. My goal is to make sure that you are, my goal is to make sure that you're where you need to be, that you have the opportunity to fill your cup. I would encourage you to visit drmelissalstrasser.com, which is my website, I will be blogging there uh, during the week, a couple of times a week. And I will also be taking um, emails. You can go to the show's page and there's an email link there. It's counterbalancecoach at gmail.com. And I will be posting up information on our weekly schedule. So I thank you all for taking a moment, listening, and I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Counterbalance Conversations. Thank you for listening to Counterbalance Conversations. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser, for another inspiring program next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next program, do something that stands out this week. Make a change. Be the counterbalance.